This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Hello everyone and welcome along to the Liverpool Echoes post-game podcast with me, Patrick Smith, after Liverpool's 3-0 win over Nottingham Forest. The Reds absolutely dominated proceedings with Darwin Nunez, Diogo Jota and Mohamed Salah all on the score sheet as Dominic Savoslai grabbed a couple of assists. During the celebrations for Jota's opener, the players showed their support for absent teammate Luis Diaz after his parents were kidnapped in Colombia. For the latest on that situation, make sure to keep across the news over on our Liverpool Echo LFC site and social media channels. But as for the football today and another statement win from the Reds that keeps them in the title race, let's bring you some reaction. Up first with the Liverpool Echo's Paul Gorsh from the Anfield Press Box, Jurgen Klopp's press conference and then the view from the cop with the brilliant as ever Steve Dawson and Mark Baker. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel. Liverpool made it three Anfield wins in eight days, courtesy of a 3-0 win here against the Nottingham Forest on Sunday afternoon. It follows on from the 2-0 victory in the Merseyside Derby last Saturday lunchtime and Thursday night's resounding 5-1 win against uh, Toulouse in the Europa League. So it's been an excellent week for Jürgen Klopp and his Liverpool players and, um, you know, the Reds are looking like uh, they have established Anfield as a real fortress this season. Uh, they've won every single game here and never really looked like uh, this one was in danger in all honesty. Nottingham Forest got men behind the ball and looked to try and break whenever the uh, opportunity arrived, but in all honesty, it never really did. The Virgil van Dijk and Ibrahim Akanate were excellent uh, up against limited threat, it has to be said, but uh, Forest never really got a sniff and uh, this was a much different game to the 3-2 win that Liverpool eventually managed to squeeze out at the end of last season. Uh, Liverpool looked like a much different prospect to the one that uh, really struggled at times last season and uh, much of that has to be said is down to a new look midfield. Alexis McAllister at the base, Dominic Zabozlai and now Ryan Gravenberch all emerging as real uh, star performers, particularly in this one. Um, it's been a really good week for uh, for Gravenberch after making his full uh, Premier League debut in the Merseyside derby against Everton. He also scored in the 5-1 win against Toulouse on Thursday and the uh, Netherlands under-21 international was excellent again here alongside McAllister and Zabozlai. Um, it's been a curious stat for Zabozlai that he was yet to register a Liverpool assist despite all his quality and possession before today but the Hungary captain made up for that with two. Uh, the first one was for uh, Darwin Nunes who slammed home his sixth goal of the season from close range uh, at the cop end. That was after Diogo Jota had got the ball rolling uh, with his, a finish from um, a save from Matt Turner after Nunez's shot. That involved uh, McAllister breaking up play and setting forward Mohamed Salah. And it was Salah who scored his 10th of the season in the second half after a wonderful pass from Zabozlai. The court Turner out. The uh, goalkeeper came rushing out, misjudged it, and the ball bounced over his head, and Salah did the rest. Uh, as I say, Zabozlai with two assists and three more goals. For Liverpool's front five, who have now scored 28 of Liverpool's goals this season in just 14 games. But if it is the uh, front five who are scoring all the goals and getting all the uh, accolades uh, in front of goal, it is the midfield that is really powering them on at the moment. McAllister was excellent as he continues to adjust to his uh, new-look number six position. So Bosley has looked like a Liverpool player from day one, in all honesty, in his 60 million move from RB Leipzig. Uh, appears to be something of a snip if that is such a thing. Uh, the hungry captain was excellent again today. And Gravenberch uh, just goes from strength to strength. 
Uh, Curtis Jones will have something to say when he finally comes back from his three-match month-long suspension, but at the moment you'd have to say that uh, the, the midfield three that starters today is very much a first-choice one. Uh, but the, I suppose the good thing is for Klopp is that he does have those options with Harvey Elliott coming off the bench here today. And Cody Gakpo was off the bench as well and he could have made a 4 nil later on but his goal was ruled out for offside. But all in all, it was a good day for Liverpool on the pitch. Um, off the pitch, there was some bizarre and shocking news to report early this morning with the news that Luis Diaz's parents were kidnapped in Colombia overnight. Um, Liverpool, obviously uh, sympathetic to that situation, gave Diaz the day off. Uh, he wasn't involved today when the cop uh, made sure that they made their appreciation known for the winger um, as his efforts go on to uh, return his father in particular safely. There has been a £40,000 reward uh, put up for, for that in Colombia. His mother has been returned safely, but uh, his father's whereabouts at the time of recording this are unknown. It's a fast-moving uh, and strange situation that is happening on the other side of the world, so there's not a whole lot that Liverpool are able to advise and guide on at the moment, but the news is that uh, Liverpool are ready to get behind their player and give more of the support he uh, needs in uh, such a distressing time. But uh, on the pitch, Liverpool uh, safe and secure in the knowledge of a 3-0 victory here against Nottingham Forest. Uh, it's now um, Bournemouth in the Carabao Cup on Wednesday night before looting away next week, but... Uh, so far, it's been a superb return to action for the Reds from the international break. Three wins in eight days, and they are going great guns in the Premier League. It's finished here at Anfield. Liverpool 3, Nottingham Forest 0. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Whether it's the legendary Lionesses, grassroots or expert analysis of the women's leagues, Women's Football News has it all covered. A brand new monthly magazine packed with news, interviews and expert opinion. Don't miss Women's Football News. Pick up a copy today from participating retailers. Women's Football is here to stay, and so are we. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Yeah. So the boys after the game, the best thing you can say after a game like this is that we played really good and there's so much space for improvement. Still, that's, I think that's obvious as well. Um, the goals were fantastic, the patience we showed, the fluidity in a lot of moments, not in all, but in a lot of moments, uh, the creativity, the togetherness in, in um, how we connected with each other was really good. The goals we scored, I'm not sure, 70-something 70, 70 percent possession, didn't look at it, um, but the first goal was a counter-attack, so really good. Um, the third goal was a counter-attack as well, by the way, uh, and the second goal was a wonderful team play. So, yeah, good, absolutely good game and question will come anyway, so I can give the answer immediately. Game preparation was the, 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 the most difficult I ever had in my life. Um, didn't expect that, was not prepared for it. Um, and, uh, yeah, and it was... It, <laughs> I don't want to, make, want to make the game bigger than it was, but it was definitely, we tried to help Lucho um, with the fight we put in, because obviously we want to help, we cannot really help, so the only thing we can do is fight for him, and that's what the boys did. We heard last night late about it. Um, then we spoke to Lucho, want to go home, 
send people with him, have people there who take care. There's parts of families there as well, so that's why they want to be together, absolutely understandable. Um, then we got the news with the mom, which is fantastic. Um, and since then, nothing really. They, they all work and um, work on it, clearly. But it's quite some distance, and we are obviously not the first people who get informed, but we, we try um, to get knowledge of everything as much as we can. But we don't want to disturb uh, in any way. We are not the important people there. We just want to support. That's it. So how can you make a football game really important on a day like this? It's really difficult. I, I, I never struggled with that in my life. It was always my safe place, my, my, sometimes my hiding. As a player, as a coach, you are allowed during these 90 odd minutes to to focus just on that, and it was impossible. It was absolutely impossible to do that. Um, so it was clear we have we have to give the game an extra sense, and it was fighting for Lucho, and then the boys pulled out the shirt, and I was not 100% prepared for that. To be honest, it was really touching, um, but wonderful as well. So yeah. That's it. Yeah, you said the staff is still doing improvements. We lost one game this season in all competitions. So, where do you think this team is still trying to improve? Yeah, no. So, we, we had a lot of strange games, let me say like this, where we 10 men fight back, um, turn it around, these kind of things. Um, controlling a game was not that often necessary. <laughs> so, uh, tune it up. Um, is a, is, a, is a situation and being in actually completely dominant in a game and then um, stay in the game, keep the ball moving, stay compact, don't give them any kind of counter-attacks, corner kicks and that's the moment. But you might remember three, four years ago, I don't know exactly when, maybe longer, um, when we all of a sudden became slightly better, more dominant, and then had to had lead, were in the lead at home, were leading, and then always came under pressure, like one nil up meant nothing. Um, everybody thought, oh my God, one nil, 10 minutes to go. Uh, we were all um, halfway, saw the equalizer coming, and that's a, that's a situation you have to you have to grow into, and the boys show obviously wonderful signs in, in all aspects, in all aspects, really. Um, but that's now something we have to learn as well again, because the key key positions are obviously different um, position by, by or occupied by different players than that time. Pretty much everywhere, up front, midfield, last line. Yeah, if you want, is then Birch and Trent, and more obviously. Yeah, there's a three and Ali, so four players and all the rest is around. Um, is slightly different, so that's why space for improvement. Creating without taking 
without losing the compactness is pretty much the, the idea behind. If you have to chase a game, it's obviously a completely different task. Um, if it's an open game, different task. But if you are really in control, why should not stay in control? The last five minutes, I think, before half time, all of a sudden we were a bit too deep and they just could chip the ball there. One one situation, we won the one one situation, but it was anyway a corner or a throw in, which is, by the way, pretty much the same for Nottingham. Um, and these are moments where we have to, we have to improve clear. Um, and in, in, in creative things, you always can improve. That's always possible because the boys have obviously a lot of potential. So um, we have to use it um, fully. Orton, Andy, last one. Speaking of Spurs Live with this being involved in the goal, we get the headlines about McAllister's performance today. He seems to be, obviously, a lot has been said about him being in that number six role, but he seems to be getting more comfortable in there every week and his intelligence really stands out. It's obviously not really a discussion we have, otherwise we wouldn't play him there, obviously. Um, yeah, but I think today everybody could see the benefit of, a, of a, 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 a player who comes rather from the offensive side of the game than from the other side. Um, in, a, in a game where you have to create things, where you have to pass, where you have to switch sides, where and that's how it is then, because not all the ball reached the target. Eh? So, but if, if you try something in, in tight spaces, that's completely normal. I have no problem at all with um, losing balls around the box, because that's where we should be then for counter press and these kind of things. So that can happen. I'm really pleased for him, and a lot of defensive top moments. Eh? Really killed the counter stuff like this was really there he's good in these things that's why that's why we play him there in one one situation really good and we have to make sure as a team that the bases are really small in these moments and we can do that with the eights with the wingers and the, and the center strikers as well and we can do that with center halves to defend into midfield in these moments so and then we have just a really creative player in the center of the park together with Trent in, in some moments obviously which is helpful very helpful the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Whether it's the legendary Lionesses, grassroots or expert analysis of the women's leagues, Women's Football News has it all covered. A brand new monthly magazine packed with news, interviews and expert opinion. Don't miss Women's Football News. Pick up a copy today from participating retailers. Women's Football is here to stay and so are we. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Really comfortable victory for Liverpool at Anfield against Nottingham Forest. And one which I was really pleased with in the sense that last season, I think a really good barometer of how far Liverpool had fell away was the average domination that they were able to exert over the opposition, even in against sides who were you know, lower to mid-table in the Premier League for the vast amount of the season, was really, really poor. Often Liverpool would be playing in fixtures and you wouldn't know as to which way the game would swing or who had the superiority at certain periods within the game because Liverpool were never able to exert any kind of control which they had within their obviously most successful periods under Jürgen Klopp where it almost felt that every time Liverpool played, especially in home fixtures, they were just able to monopolise the areas of the pitch in which the game was played. Basically, have the game played in the opposition's defensive third or midfield third, the opposition's half at least, and really 
often it was just a recycling of attacks to the point where Liverpool had then wear down the opposition and and normally go in front in games. And that was because the level of detail within the coach and Liverpool's side, the distances between the units of the team, the close proximity meant that the opposition struggled to play out. Liverpool had such physical superiority as well with the, the profiles that they had in their sides at that time. The opposition, as I say, couldn't build and then the, the ball would be recycled. Liverpool would then start the next attack. And because of Liverpool's elite tack- attackers in the final third and ammunition, which was normally supplied by the fullbacks and particularly since Alexander-Arnold, Liverpool would then go on to win the vast majority of the games that they played over a, a sustained period, really. And that was not apparent last season whatsoever. Liverpool had fallen miles off in all of them elements when you think of sort of the tactical detail, the distances between the units of the team, the organisation, the structure, and so often, and, and the mistakes within Liverpool's side as well. And then when you factor in the actual physical drop-off of some of the players, which was twofold, really, some of the play, the key players within Liverpool's side were getting much older, but also the the organisation within the team was nowhere near enough. So that sort of decreased physicality was brought to a head even more so which meant that, like I say, the ball was shared between the two teams much more often and the outcome of the game was much more in the balance whenever Liverpool played. And it was, yeah, it was it was quite apparent on a regular basis how far Liverpool had fell. But early on in this season, Liverpool have began to exert more of that control. And in the last two games against Everton, I know Everton went down to 10 men, but for for all of that game, really, the 90 minutes and, and the way the game was really playing out with, with Everton sort of having to defend their own half and Liverpool having such superiority and against Nottingham Forest today which I felt was probably up until the last 10 minutes where Liverpool got a little bit sloppy was Liverpool's best most controlled performance this season they're certainly showing signs that they could hopefully get back to to them sort of levels obviously it'll be difficult but if Liverpool want to achieve anything then that's what they need to do now you also have to factor in I felt Nottingham Forest were really poor really poor on the ball but even so how much of that is a consequence of how well-organised Liverpool were, how much they were able to put pressure on the ball, balance the player pressurising the ball and cover the player who pressurising the ball, meaning that, again, so often it got turned over in Liverpool. Obviously, that pressure began to pay and Liverpool's quality in the final fair meant that they won the game. So getting back to how they had played previously over so many years under Jürgen Klopp. And I think I've mentioned before that I was really disappointed with Liverpool's organisation and, and, and coaching for the vast majority of last season. I felt they were one of the worst organised teams out of possession in the Premier League at times. However, what I would say is that has got a lot better this season. A lot better. You know, Liverpool, when they have 11 men on the, p- the pitch, are facing far fewer shots in terms of on their own goal and dominate more territory. So... That there has to be full credit gone to the manager in the way he's been able to turn that round. And then with the ball, the combinations of Liverpool's sides to be able to engineer chances have been better. But obviously that is more dependent on the quality of the players that you have. And there's no doubt that Liverpool have added some quality to their, to their side over the summer period. And again, that must be great credit to the recruitment team who have singled out these players, bought them for what I would consider, based on their performances so far, very good prices. And they look a good, a really good fit for Liverpool's new system. Now, when you think about Trent Alexander-Arnold moving into that sort of deeper midfield position, when Liverpool have the ball, that means that that higher player on the right-hand side has to be comfortable switching into higher areas, being able to re- receive the ball on the half turn, where time is, time is um, 
most limited in terms of having space to be able to operate and also have the ability to be able to pull out wide as well because with Trent Alexander-Arnold coming in field, that means that that place in the wide areas has to be taken by Salah or the midfield player in that section of the pitch. And that midfield player in the section of the pitch for the vast majority of the season and for the first 60 minutes today was Dominic Sabozlai. And I never liked, liked to go too early on players in terms of their overall ability. Like I mentioned, Gravenbach, or Gravenbach, sorry, I'm still struggling with the pronunciation of his name. Um, last week, well, that's still a very much a work in progress to see, you know, is this player going to be the level required to play for Liverpool, of course, but there's no doubt about Sabor's life. Some players, you you just understand from watching that they are of that elite world-class level, and he is. There's no question about that. His ability to do just about everything in the game, he's absolutely magnificent off the ball in terms of taking up covering positions, his physicality to move across the ground as well, the way he moves. He is a modern-day midfield player in the way he is able to, to eat up space within that midfield which is obviously a vastly important job of of any player who plays in that particular position as well because Liverpool have an advancing player and and space that needs to be filled when they don't have the ball at times but with the ball it consistently just makes the correct decisions whether it's calming the game down slowing it down to build it up his technique to be able to receive the ball in tight areas and also the choice of when to try and hurt the opposition so it's not like this player tries to play forward too early. He's very loose in some of his passing. None of that. He makes considered choices every time he has the ball. The correct choice every single time at the moment. And I think when you're coming into a new league, getting to, getting to know new teammates, it is quite apparent to me that this guy is going to be an absolute top midfield player in the Premier League and at world level. There's no, there's just no question about that. We're talking Champions League level, all of that kind of thing. His ball striking is absolutely fantastic when he gets in and around the penalty area. The way he drifts into them wide areas, we're playing a lot at uh, his previous club. Red Bull coming into them sort of half spaces to be able to cut back. And we've seen that today in the way he cut the ball back for Darwin Nunes. And I'd even mention about the third goal, to be perfectly honest with you, because... When you actually look at the way that he controlled the ball just outside the penalty area, it was a great piece of composure. It obviously, his pass from Mohamed Salah was slightly over it, but a very difficult ball to play with his left foot, and it still engineered an opportunity where Liverpool got in a goal through a mistake. But it may only seem a little thing, but the way he was able to cushion a, a, a ball coming over his shoulder onto his chest, have that composure to be able to then try and play forward rather than too many times last season, Liverpool's players making knee-jerk decisions, aimlessly hoofing the ball upfield with no pressure on. But that just showed me again, he is so so critical in the decisions he makes in that final third. And an absolutely fantastic player. I mean, to be honest, I'm very surprised that Manchester City didn't really profile him when I look at you know the kind of player they may need to replace De Bruyne in the coming seasons because he has a lot of them really superb traits even even the physicality I mean what that's for me one of De Bruyne's most underappreciated traits is that when Manchester City press they often press with a two and De Bruyne's ability to get up to the ball that long stride that he has and exert pressure on the ball and it's exactly the same as Sabozlai obviously to get to that elite level of output with the ball is a different thing altogether you're talking about probably the best midfield player who's ever played in the Premier League but no I, I do see some similarities in the way he plays and I think when you're talking about signing an absolute 
what I believe will go on to be a world class player for the price of sixty million was it release cause or something in that sort of region. Liverpool have done a fantastic job to get him over other rivals who probably took a look at him and obviously didn't take the plunge or win in that market for that particular time. So and that goes for, for all Liverpool signings who've all added value, I think, in the summer. And I think for Liverpool to have moved forward over this period after such a disappointing time last season, they needed these players to really be ones who could add value and, and and drive the team forward and ultimately better how Liverpool could potentially have outcomes this season because you know the difference between having a, a James Milner, Jordan Henderson who've been great players for Liverpool as balanced players in midfield but the difference of having some of the players that Liverpool have now to be able to progress the ball move it through the units of the pitch that output without the ball as well it's, it is absolutely night and day in, in some of the the abilities of these players to operate on the half turn, get get um, the body contorted to be able to play forward, and it's allowing Liverpool to have much more success in it, <coughs> in the results that they're able to achieve. So, very good performance and good victory for Liverpool today. Uh, Steve Dawson on Liverpool's three 0 win against Nottingham Forest at Anfield. I'm liking what we're doing in the Premier League this season. I like our position in the Premier League, especially when you consider the. Um, you know the the injustices we faced uh, in this in this campaign so far. Seven hundred and fifteen passes today, an awful lot of possession. I think we lost a little bit of potency, perhaps a sense of urgency in the second half because I think the game was really pretty much won at half time. Uh, a good all round performance and another display of the strength in depth that we now have in this squad. Definitely net gains. Uh, in the movement of personnel this season and um, hopefully uh, a little bit of tweaking to come in January to to see us through what could be a very full campaign for us. Darwin Watch, uh, another another good effort from him, wasn't it? Uh, a decent effort uh, as he slotted down the right-hand channel. No support in the middle. He had to go for the shot and um, fully in support of him doing that. He had that, he had that, heather that header that went just over the bar again, got good power and direction on it good leap from him um, uh, a strenuous effort from him uh, while he was on the field that shot um, that the goalkeeper parried for the Jota goal um, just you know shows the kind of contribution he can make and then you know really quick feet to um, push the ball over the line when the when the cross was absolutely hammered at him he needed he needed those quick feet in order to just get the right connection on that. And, uh, yeah, satisfying stuff from Darwin. I thought our midfield looked looked pretty good, with the exception of Gravenberg, and I think he had a a superb game on Thursday. I, I'm, I mentioned that. And I think perhaps signs that he was a little bit uh, flat after that performance, his exertions on Thursday probably leading him to not be able to give his all today and I was I was perhaps hoping that he might get withdrawn around the hour mark for Endo because I, I like what Endo did on Thursday the idea of pushing McAllister up into a number eight position and letting Endo have a good half hour uh, in the Premier League uh, easing him into that position appealed to me uh, and, and it came about not in quite the same way and slightly later so good to see Endo on the field, but then <laughs> having come out 
Um, I don't think he was able to really stamp his authority on the game, but not a bad effort from him, that's for sure. McAllister, I must say, looked good. Probably the best I've seen him play for Liverpool in that sixth position. I didn't see him put a foot wrong. Um, he seemed pretty comfortable, always looking for the ball. And, um, yeah, he, I mean, he really looked good there, perhaps perhaps inspired by what he saw from Endo on Thursday. But man of the match, I think, clearly, um, Shabozlai, excellent performance from him. Not the first we've seen. Two assists, um, dominant in everything Liverpool did, really. Superb ball for Mo to get uh, our third goal, albeit with a bit of a mix-up between their goalkeeper and their defender, but he really is quite an asset, isn't he? And uh, yes, I remain very encouraged. At Galasahi on Twitter, G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.